Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is May 24th, 2018. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. And I'm one of your other hosts, Kelly. And we have a special guest host on today, uh, Dave from Canada Guns Talk Show. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hi, I'm the placeholder. <laughs> <laughs> the placeholder. You've been, you've been on this show before, though, right? Uh, once for the SIG, and I think I was here for something else. Maybe. Was it? Uh, yeah, you were here for the, when the, we were talking about the SIG dropping, but yeah, I don't, I think that yeah, I was dropping some knowledge and dropping some SIGs. Yes, you yes. were. Yeah. And yeah, funny enough, today we're talking about other guns that aren't SIGs. Huh. So, uh, that'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Trevor couldn't make it out tonight. Now, Brian, uh, I, I believe he was he was at the grocery store. He picked up. He accidentally got some cat food and ate that instead of real food, and he got sick. So uh, he won't be able to make it out today, unfortunately. But I think um, he's dying. Yeah, he did not sound good on Voxer when he was like tight when he was uh, sending his voice messages over there. Oh. Yeah, that cat food like got right into his larynx there, and yeah, yeah, and he's really he's doing up. that whole thing, you know. Trish, call my mom. <laughs> Oh, my mommy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, why don't we uh, only get into uh, what we did in guns? Uh, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Uh, they've got the Ruger Precision Rim Fire for $579 right now. It includes a 30 MOA rail if you want to shoot like really, really far with your 22. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know this, but it's it comes with uh, an option to switch between a rimfire bolt throw or a regular uh, rifle bolt throw so you can actually choose to instead of just like pulling it back the whatever like one inch for for a 22 you can actually choose to make it go a full three inches so it's just like the uh, uh the ruger precision rifle and uh you don't have to change your training regiment and then so you can you can shoot a bunch of 22 and shoot it at like quote unquote like long range like 300 meters of the 22 is pretty far um, and then when you get, when you switch over to your Ruger precision, you can still get the same bolt action and not accidentally short stroke your, uh, your quote unquote, like real, like competition rifle. Right. So, right. so push right yeah. now to, uh, do that kind of training now. Yeah. It's well, they're, uh, uh, Rick, uh, who we had on the show before he's running yep. the CRPS. Craps. Yes. Craps. Yeah, that's how I remember it too. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, a lot of the guys that are going are using their um, Rimfire, Ruger Rimfires to as training. So 22, it's a lot cheaper. Way cheaper than like match quality 308. Yeah, and they're really getting into it. It's yeah. crazy how much people are getting into it. So they're putting the 20, 30 MOA rails on it. They're, yep. 
Well, you think about it, like you don't have to shoot very far. 300, 400 meters is pretty far for a 22. You're getting a whole bunch of drop in there and you're getting a lot of those fundamentals of like reading wind, reading distance, yep. uh, adjusting you know think, and all that I kind of stuff. I take back my earlier laughter. You probably need the 30 MOA rail to get the paper sight. <laughs> you do. <laughs> With a 22 or 300. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're using it for is, is like a training like okay, five hundred bucks for a pr- like precision twenty two is still p- like pretty cheap compared to what what's a precision uh, centerfire rig and it cost you like fifteen hundred bucks somewhere around there. That's how you, that's where you start. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a buck every time you pull the trigger. Yep, that's if you roll your own ammo. Yep. Whereas the twenty two is like ten cents, twenty cents if you're getting the real fancy stuff every time no, you pull no, the trigger. No. If you go the real fancy stuff, it's. 50 cents yes. and it's great <laughs> stuff they hand roll by european monks using powder from the far reaches of china <laughs> it should be china they, they first invented gunpowder right they should be right yeah that's where my yeah. mind went yeah so all so these narenkas that people are using they should be you right? know what maybe Gamble they can it? buy some of those uh, uh, uh did you guys uh, ever catch some of the Norinco powder that Canada Ammo was bringing in, they shipped those bad boys in bags. <laughs> I heard of it. I hadn't actually gotten any myself. I, was oh, yeah. thinking about- I, know, I know they shipped that in bags because I had a buddy of mine order that and some Chinese Norinco primers, and Canada Ammo was lovely enough to send them together in one box, and the primers got loose. So there was literally a box with loose primers and a bag of powder. <laughs> Just mix in some cases and some bullets, and maybe they'll make their own if you like put them in the in the tumbler. Mm. They call those things a um, um a, bu- a, bu- a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Oh, dear, True. there's a whole. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, you're uh, you're the the guest host here tonight. Why don't you tell us what you've been up to in guns in the last couple of weeks? <coughs> well, let me put down my cucumber. What we've been up to, and by we I mean I, is I've been on an insane shopping spree. It's been a nothing but packages kind of thing going on for the last week. Luckily for me, I managed to, in a stroke of luck, uh, ordering the one handguard that is no longer being manufactured and can therefore no longer be provided by the U.S. distributor of CTC supplies, which they failed to mention to them after three months of waiting on them to provide said handguard to uh, CTC so they could bring it over the border. So I had a quite a large order made uh, for the purposes of building an SLR. And boy, did I not skip out on this one, except the trigger. I got a crap trigger in it, but I'll fix that at some point. Uh, yes, I order some uh, Rainier Arms parts, Rainier Arms barrel, Rainier Arms bowl, Rainier Arms gas block. I have an ALG EMR V2 handguard, which is right over here. And it is cool. Look at this bad boy. It's so long and slick. That's the barrel that I popped out. But the real difference between this and the V1, which is what I wanted, is that uh, this one's got a chunk of Picatinny on the top. I wanted a totally smooth handguard. Just, I just, that's what I wanted. Um, but they couldn't bring it in because they're no longer making it, and they didn't tell that to CTC after three months. So that was kind of unfortunate. 
So as soon as I found that out, I told him, whatever, just send me the rest of the order that I had placed three months ago. That was all in stock parts in the country that could have had that order three months ago. But whatever. I'm not better, clearly. Uh, and so I went to Arms East and got the handguard from Arms East, which is the distributor, the Canadian distributor for ALG. Um, I don't know if, uh, if you've ever seen quite this level of handiwork, but uh, I have a deliciously painted A2 stock, courtesy of a buddy of mine from Canada Guns and I. This is Duracoat. We use some stencils, uh, white base, and then we paint it on the red. And it turned out pretty good. I'm pretty happy how this is going to look. It's going to be a long gun. It's, it's going to be a very long gun. For those of you that are not familiar, the SLR is basically a non-restricted AR-15 pattern firearm, similar in an upper and lower uh, capacity in terms of how it's disassembled. But other than that, that's where the similarities kind of end. Yes, you can populate it with AR-15 parts, but due to some fancy finagling design work, uh, it kind of comes apart like a slide on a pistol. It's uh, built on rails. I'm sure you guys have gone over that before. But yes, that SLR might be dropping sometime in June, even though the pre-order said that it was going to be March. But whatever, I'm not bitter about that. <laughs> All those parts are going to be coming in to that SLR. Uh, that's the first package I got this week. The second package I got this week is wow. A very, very large Glock. That's For nice. size comparison. Here's your standard Shadow 1. Here is your Glock 17L. Yeah, it's uh, a bit of a long boy. For other reference, here is a 6-inch Smith & Wesson revolver. This thing has got the same barrel length but a longer side radius. The only reason that I picked this up is because it popped up in CGN and I said, that's cool. And the price. And the price. It was a very, very good price. Um, I'm happy to report that it is a Gen 2. See the lack of finger grooves? That is the primary difference I could tell. Between the Gen 1s and the Gen 2s, they always say that you can't improve on perfection, but they keep releasing generations, so I don't know what to say about that. Um, no finger groups, only right hand uh, mag release. Does not take left-handed, I believe. Uh, got stock. Oh. Axe and proof. Axe and proof. Got proof. Proof. Yep. It. Uh, it's got uh, sights, target sights, adjustable. Rear target sites with their nice fine dot and adjustable. It's got a big hole on it. Is is the rear sight adjustable? Yeah. Oh, that's why I told you. It's like, why would I change that? That thing is cool. Yeah. Wind ditch and elevation. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah. Uh, it does have a slightly lighter disconnector. Is it a disconnector? I don't know. I can't remember. Connector. The connector. 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 Yeah. yeah got a slightly lighter connector from the factory than your regular Glock 17. I I heard four and a half instead of whatever the stock one is. Six, eight, whatever. And it came with a couple of mags. And what is that you called it, Adriel? A condom grip? <laughs> that rubber hoke thing that goes over yeah. top? 
yeah, yeah. the ro- rubber hope grip, uh, and I took that off. Uh, yeah. I do not have hands large enough to require that. And it's quite weird having such a light handgun. Um, I'm not super into handguns yet, even though I have four. Uh, but this ZZ is just nice and heavy. It's all steel. And this Glock just feels like, I don't know. like Plastic? A fake plastic, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they really did not want this to be too heavy. After all, they made a giant hole on the slide. Well, they have the the slide mass has to be the same as the 17 and the 34, right? So the 17, we can talk about this afterwards, though, because we've got a we got a special Glock main topic. That's right. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of it. I'm waiting on the package. Hopefully, we can do a live unboxing of something truly bizarre that I don't think. Have you ever seen? You know what I'm getting, Adriel. Have you ever seen one of those? Nope. Nope. What are you, getting? you might have seen one. You might have seen one or two. What? I won't tell you. Not if it doesn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what I've been up to. Uh, oh, and I here's a question that I'm going to start a flame war in your uh, you know correspondence. Do you have to fire brand new Lapua brass to account for inaccuracies? Before you truly start to measure results, because so you're saying fire told, form, right? I've been told by a couple of hardcore reloaders that you have to shoot it once with whatever, just a random load, and then you can start actually measuring results from the brand new, extremely expensive dollar a pop Lapua 308 brass that I got for my Tika. In my opinion, uh, only if you're getting down to like the micro, micro, micro of reloading and getting the accuracy out of your rifle, you got to keep in mind, you can go, you can go buy a box of gold metal match off the shelf. That is not fire forms to your rifle. And you'll probably, it'll probably shoot very accurately out of your rifle. Uh, so if you're getting down to fire forming brass and, um, let's see what else you'd be doing. Uniforming flash hide, uh, flash holes or, uh, uh, outside turning the next or something like that. That's when you're starting to really um, get those last few tenths of and an inch. Uh, in. What's that? And, well, seating depth. I I would argue that seating depth is important. It's just like gold medal match. Like whatever powder the load they use and seating depth they use works in most uh, uh, accurate rifles out there. To uh, like as, as a decent standard, right? So. From your, I I would be willing to bet that if you reload that stuff, you and and you uh, you get the right seating depth, you're gonna get accurate results. It's just that if you fire form it and then next size is it afterwards, uh, you're gonna get even more consistency out. Yeah, what I've been doing with that in particular is I have a Tika T3 varmint, uh, left-handed because of issues with my eyes being stupid. Um, and it is a like 24 inch barrel uh, with a one and 11 twist. And mm-hmm. I've been feeding in some light stuff. I've been feeding it some Campros 147 grain bulk projectiles. That's right. I've been doing custom loads using the absolute cheapest projectiles. Throw the hate mail out. I really don't care. <laughs> but I got it under an inch. I got I got absolute bulk bargain bin projectiles to group under an inch 
Uh, thankfully, Vargit is, I don't know, God's gift to reloaders. It's ch- not cheap, but does really good. And te- so. temperature insensitive as well. That's the one thing I really like about Vargit is because uh, we have such wild swings in temperature here in Alberta. We could be shooting when it's like plus 30 or minus 30. So it's nice having something that's not super temperature sensitive. Yeah, that doesn't happen, Victoria. But, you know, it's <laughs> nice that it, has, that it works in, uh, in Alberta uh, and I'm the rest of Canada that actually experiences winter. Um, using 45 grains of Vargit and bargain bin bullets and brass pickup PMC brass and CCI primers, I got it under an inch. So I'm happy. This is ammo that I'm rolling for well under a buck around. And I'm getting way more precision than out of most bulk projectiles, with the exception on bulk ammunition of the Austrian Hurtenberger ammo, which, by the way, if you get the burden primed, I got a story for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, now that I know that the gun shoots, even though I expected it to, it's a freaking Tika, I got some Sierra Matchkins and some Hornady EDX, EDLX, something like that. It's some fancy, fancy bullets. And uh, this is going to push the cost of the uh, round over a buck. But I'm expecting to finally get little Mickey Mouse-shaped groups, you know, all three together in a little, you know, Mickey Mouse shape. Do it again. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I think that's it. Unless a package shows up, that's what I've been up to. Awesome. Kelly, did you want to go next? Sure. Uh, so this past weekend, I was in uh, Smith Falls. We were doing a maple seed. Well, we're doing two maple seeds. So I wanted to say thank you to Earl Green from Faceline Green Tactical for arranging that for us. We had a great time. Uh, Earl was there, so I got to meet him. I've never actually met him in person, but I got to this time. So it was great. He also gave me some patches and that, too. It was really, really cool. Hung out with some guys who were JTF as well. So that was lovely. Um <laughs> And what else? Oh, uh, we got to hang out with uh, with a couple of our listeners as well, Andre and Mark. Uh, they Mark actually brought his family, so it was really really good to see uh, them. Uh, Fiona was uh, someone who she was ten last year when I think she was ten last year, ten last year when I was shooting with her in Bancroft, and she brought her sisters with her this time. So it was is the whole family was there. It was really, really awesome. And what else did I do? Oh, uh, yesterday I actually went and saw, well, this weekend is a ladies event that's going to be happening in Napanee. So I had to go and uh, see the organizer for that and give them some of the stuff from the CCFR. That's not really, but it, anyways. Um, but yeah, so saw him and um not really much more other than we're finalizing some stuff with the calendar um, and the charity shoot sponsorship, uh, looking for donations for that as well and contacting people about that. And we've been having some great success with it. We have some new people that are coming on board with that as well. So it's been really, really good. Uh, other than that, not much. So yeah. What about you, Adriel? I went to the range three times since last week. You suck. <laughs> Sorry. Starting with uh, starting with Thursday, where I hung up on you guys and like ran out the door like immediately afterwards and stopped the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think that what is that like an ultimate hang up when I hang up so hard it like kills the show. Yeah, you you won the hang up game. <laughs> That's uh, mean. That's mean. I know. Be eh? Funny. And, uh, it was a little bit, and I felt a little bit bad though. 
I felt bad show. because you had to edit everything after you got back. <laughs> so I didn't feel all that bad about you hanging up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. What else did I do? Okay, so I went to the range three times. The first time, uh, I went up to help out with skills and drills. Yep. Um, turns out I, my help wasn't really needed. They, the guys that uh, they were running it, like, had it well in hand. Uh, I shot my Nork 1911 and uh, shot a whole bunch of, like, garbage ammo, some stuff that I'd been hanging on to that uh, wasn't fantastic and or leftovers from other batches. I, I like to keep all my match ammo really consistent. Yep. So at like the last of a batch, I'll just kind of like throw it to the side kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. um, I ran a bunch of that through the Nork 1911. Ran fine. There's a couple of things I noticed about it. Um, it's uh, uh, It wouldn't strike off the uh, the primers for, uh, for any of the ones that were using the Dominion Arms primers. So those are a little bit harder. They've got a harder cup. And uh, the... Uh, uh, let's see here. The the stuff that uh, um, the springs that Trevor had put into the uh, uh, pistol were just a little bit light for uh, for what they were doing. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't striking off absolutely everything out there, but it was very nice and and the trigger was uh, was quite light. Um, let's see here. I also shot the uh, the Glock thirty four uh, Sparkle Glock again, and uh, I love it. Oh, profess my love for the uh, for the Sparkle Glock. <laughs> uh, it's so nice. It's it just it eats everything. It works every time. Yeah. Uh, it's actually uh, decently accurate, and uh, that magwell <laughs> that Trevor wants. Uh, let's see here. I also uh, took my AR AR out to troubleshoot. I've been having some issues with it, yeah. and uh, I Go found on. out that the trigger was causing me issues. Uh, I was having problems with uh, a couple of them that were just really weird. Um, I had some short stroking issues where the the bolt wasn't actually coming all the way back, which is really weird. And then I had some uh, issues where the hammer was following the bolt. So uh, something wrong with my trigger. Um, I contacted the manufacturer and they said, yeah, send it in. So uh, I've sent that off for them to take a look at. Uh, and that's uh, I'm, I'm really glad that I figured that out um, time one when I was out at the range because that let me swap my trigger and then take it out for time two. So time two <laughs> was, uh, we had a, 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 the open house at Chaz. Uh, mm-hmm. I took out my shadow two and shot it for the first time. I've had this How was it? for a month or two and it was fantastic. It, it, yeah. you know, they're, they're really great shooting guns. Uh, they're extremely heavy and, uh, they, um, don't really like move a lot when you shoot them. What's that? Almost three pounds, right? Almost three pounds of goodness. Oh, yeah, with a loaded with a loaded magazine in there. Yeah, you're almost at uh, you're almost at three pounds, and uh, the trigger is just fantastic. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's it's just a such a such a darling to shoot. Um, very nice. St- I still like the Glock thirty four though. So I'll, yeah, I'll see, I'll see. Uh, but the uh, the shadow was very nice. Uh, what else did I do? I tested that AR-15 with my old two-stage trigger, and it yep. ran flawlessly. So it definitely that definitely was the issue. So I got to confirm that, which is nice. Uh, and I shot it out to 500 uh, meters, uh, which is kind of nice. Okay. So two and 300, no problem. Just like pounding the steel at two and 300 meters. Uh, 500 is a, a lot more uh, difficult to hit with an AR-15, but possible um, and repeatable. Um, so. I have a uh, an etched reticle on my uh, on my AR-15. I've got the uh, one to six. What is that? Primary arms uh, with the ACS, ACSS, whatever reticle they have. That's uh, that's uh, ballistic. And 
it it's on. So I just have to put it at the 500 uh, hash mark and pull the trigger and it'll send those bullets out and we'll be uh, ringing the gong out there. So pretty cool. I also, um, just because I had a, a, a little bit of time, uh, took the Glock 34 and shot it at 100 meters. I tested the uh, T-1000 flashers. Yeah. Um, the guys were, uh, were actually having an issue with it where if you shot one flasher, it would cause the other ones to go off. So it was what? detecting the metal, the the hit off the metal from the other ones, even when they're like pretty far, pretty far apart. I was just going to ask, how far apart are they? Like that, some of them were like fifty meters apart, like they were so not it's close still at all. Detecting it. Correct. And now, how much are you paying for these? Uh, I adjusted the sensitivity, <laughs> so I, I, I changed the sensitivity was on it them. Turned up all the way to twelve or eleven. Yeah, 11, yeah. 11. 11. Yeah, the sensitivity was turned all the way up to eleven. Yeah, it senses a fart of a bee. Yeah, a bee fart. Yeah. Um, so I, I turned the sensitivity to low sensitivity, and yeah. uh, it worked fine. Okay. And uh, so what I was doing was testing it at 100, uh, shooting steel like, right next to it, and that wouldn't trigger it. And even shooting it with a 9mm at 100 yards was setting it off. So um, success, working great. Um, yeah, so I started, I was shooting at 100, and I'm like, oh, man, I can, I'm, I'm like, I'm hitting this, uh, this Ipsic steel target at, at 100 meters quite often with this. I wonder if I can do it at 200. So I went over to the 200 meter range. I started shooting some steel with 200 and yeah, I was getting like, you know, two, three hits per, per magazine at 200. So then I went to 300 and I wasn't getting two or 300 or two or three hits <laughs> at, at uh, 300, but I got, you know, one or two hits every two mags basically. So I was getting a couple Did hits. You, uh, every, every... Were you shooting offhand or were you shooting from a bench? Offhand. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Offhand. Um, it's just, you, you don't think of it, right? Cause you know, we had, um, you know, we, we, we shot two and 300 meters last time at our three gun match. And there was a lot of guys with their ARs not hitting anything. And it's, it's just kind of surprising, uh, taking a pistol out and, uh, and like hitting like pretty reliably hitting at 200 with, uh, with a handgun a nine millimeter handgun. Right. So it just goes to show, um, sight your rifles in because, <laughs> because uh, a pistol can do it. Yeah, I do that yeah. sometimes just for giggles. Um, but I don't, I don't use a shadow. I, um, I use this guy. <laughs> good enough sight radius, radius for that. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Not capable of seeing. Uh, I'm holding up a. Uh, I was just gonna say an eight and three eight inch barreled uh, Smith and Wesson three fifty seven Magnum. Uh, and now I'm holding them up together between a six inch barrel and the eight inch barrel. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a slight difference. Uh, I I like I like interesting guns. Uh, by the way, the six inch barrel is a it's a twenty two because of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Now but what's yeah. the what's the BC on a three fifty seven bullet? Probably horrible. Like you don't have like are you running well, round ones out there? Like a fridge. So imagine sending a fridge flying through the air. Yeah, not very good BC. No. Not, not that a nine millimeter bullet has a very good BC either. It's just uh, like at least a the freaking nose is round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I mean that's pause. You can shoot stuff, and it's it's hilarious shooting uh, at two hundred because you can hear, ding. <laughs> yep. yep. My range hear. has a couple of just crap steel plates uh, laying on the side, mm-hmm. and people just they're pockmarked to heck. They're probably not safe, but you know somebody probably hauled it out, and it's their you know backyard chunk of steel that they got from their buddy mm-hmm. uh, and they left it out there so people are still shooting it yeah it's slinging out you know 124 grain 357 magnum rounds all the way out there well as after the concussion 
you can hear the pink. Yeah, yeah, because the time difference is is there. Yeah. Like shooting shooting close stuff, sometimes you don't hear the pink because it's uh, it's too close. But at two hundred, you can definitely hear it pretty uh, yeah. pretty distinctly from the shot. Also, the twenty two at two hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's you have, nice. You have enough time to make a lunch in between, though. Yeah, that's right. Between you know, you shoot, and, put and it down, take out your binoculars. Ding, there it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting doing those long shots with handguns. Anyways, uh, and then the very next day, I went back out to the range uh, to record an orientation video. Uh, so we we wanted to get like a. Uh, a video like showing like here's what you do here's what you don't do here's what the ranges have here's here how you operate these different things just because um i don't know how much patience people have to like actually read this stuff and try to apply it i think you, you need it like demonstrated for people like best case scenario you do an in-person orientation with absolutely everyone but who's got time for that these days do a video once make a good video that says what you want to say in it so uh uh, one of the guys from the range and I went out and uh, and recorded that, uh, and I brought my guns out to you know show the things and to shoot as well. So I shot my AR at a 500 again, and did a little bit more pistol shooting at uh, at 100. So uh, how many? Like, mm-hmm. How many people did you have out? Or did Four. you? Sorry. So you did the video. Uh-huh. Was there anybody doing the orientation or no? Uh, it was just me and the guy shooting the video, doing uh-huh. the just doing the orientation. So. I'll be featured in that video. I'll be, I do uh, want to make a note of something that you said. Who has time to do an orientation? My range is mandatory orientation for every member that signs up. Uh, because there are no on-staff RSOs, except mm-hmm. head RSO, and we operate on a volunteer RSO basis. Hi, I'm a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're the same. Yeah, we're the same. Want to volunteer ourselves, but now we'll just do a video instead. Yeah, that might be something I'll bring up. <laughs> oh man, in person, like seventeen hundred members trying to do like an in person thing, like all throughout well, the year. Thankfully, thankfully, it's just members? the first time you sign up, and then five years later, because they instituted that since there were people going, "Well, I took my rotation when nineteen seventy four. That could either be really good or really bad. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't want to, you know, badmouth people, but s- sometimes it's not good. More yeah. often than not, a lot of the time, like usually. <laughs> uh, I would say most of our older members who like go often are like pretty super safe. It's just the guys who come out like once a year uh, and don't well, like. I, don't, I, I, I hate I hate RSO during the freaking hunting season. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I got a story for you. Uh, you laugh at this one, girl. Go on. Let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. The uh, Slamfire Radio T-shirts. Uh, I have in yeah, my notes yeah. here that they've been stuck in customs since the 18th. I just checked like five minutes ago, and they've been processed. So they're on the way. They're in Vancouver, and they're on the way to my place. So hopefully awesome. I'll get them in the next week or here. So Where did you get them made? Uh, the same place everyone gets them made, the studio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, those should be here soon. They won't look as nice as, as these guys here, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, looking like something. Uh, I think I think that's it. I might buy some ten round lar mags. Like I caught like four of those and like a couple of them just as like a backup to my Beowulf's kind of a thing. But not uh, might, you will. What's that? I will. No, not might. Okay. Yes, I'm not might. I will. Yeah. 
<laughs> Actually, I, I posted on the uh, Chaz Three Gun Facebook page, like, "Hey, does anyone else want to get some mags while I'm at it?" And I already got a couple guys. Oh, so. are you talking about those iron guns, uh, thirty round, ten shots? Nah, kind of, like that's one way of going is is to go with the the longer ones you can actually grab out of a out of a pouch. I'm gonna go with the coupled, uh, so the short little uh, ten rounders Better. coupled at the base. Uh, I'm going to get the the flat base ones, and I'm going to get that flat coupler so that they're basically like stick mags, 20-round stick mags in, like that kind of a thing. Oh, right? so, without the, so not the ones that are angled a little bit? I don't like the angled ones. I'd prefer have to have something straight just to like sitting straight on up. the belt kind of a thing. Yeah, I want straight up. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But so. you don't so, the cool flick. What's your manual yeah. arms when you do that? Do you like reached but with the hand upside down so that when you pull the mag it immediately you can flip it around instead of trying to flip it around backwards yeah, yeah you just grab grab them out like that press your button out in and out hmm. yeah yeah see that's kind of a funny thing so yeah it is a funny thing and it's you know if you weren't in canada you would never do this no one couples magazines at the base it's ridiculous from a yeah 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 but you know we're in Canada, so this is uh, this is what we're stuck with. I wish we could have D60s. Those things are so cool. Oh, even even just like thirty rounders or twenty rounders, just like something else. Like imagine, uh, you know, if uh, like if if we had to run five round mags in three gun, it would be the worst. We'd have to run chest rigs to even make it worthwhile. It would be a total pain in the butt. Yeah. Anyways, that's uh, that's. I th- I think that's all I've been up to. Yeah. I think. I think. Mm. I don't know. I went to the range a lot, so it's kind of hard to remember all those, uh, all those yeah, things. Yeah. I did sporting clays two weeks ago. Have you guys done sporting clays before? No, I can't say I have. Kelly? Yep. Sporting clays is a lot of fun. Tell us about it's it. So much fun. This is a different discipline from the shotgun sports that, uh, oh, out of the radio. Oh, well, um, uh, okay. Yeah, let's just keep on. There, uh, yeah. a couple of different uh, disciplines, and everyone's familiar with trap shooting. Yep. I'm sure people have heard of skeet. Yep. And sporting clays is almost like five stand, and skeet got together and trap was looking in the back rear mirror. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's an amalgamation of everything. Yeah. Because like skeet, you have clays traveling all over in different directions, but it's not a set field. Instead, you have stands, like in five stand. But there isn't just five stands. In the event that I was at last week at the Victoria Fishing Game, there were eight stands. There were eight stations. And this is a little bit like trap doubles. There's usually pairs of clays. Now, there is different combinations. Uh, there can be a right-hand side clay thrower and a left-hand side clay thrower, referred to as A and B, uh, depending on which one is on which side. So if, for example, at that particular stand, you have A report B, means that you're going to see a clay launch, and as soon as you shoot it, the report launches the second clay. A lot of the stands were A and B done twice, then B report A three times, or A report B three times, B report A twice, 
or what you call true pairs, which is both clays go out at the same time. You would see a combination of all three of those uh, uh, combinations in the different stages, and the clays are all over, man. They're all over. And you have different size clays doing different things. You have clays going right and left, obviously. You have clays going away and clays going towards you. But thankfully, due to the enormous space of the facility uh, and having eight whole stages, we had stages out in the woods shooting into a ravine. And we had stages where there was a clay flying over the air. And below it, you had a rabbit. Yeah, I was going to ask. The ground. Uh, have you ever shot a rabbit clay, uh, Adriel? I mean, I've shot rabbits, lots of those. Yeah. Now, this is, I don't (laughs) know to what extent simulates a real rabbit. I don't know. But they're really quick. They're just flying right across. And what's beautiful about them is if they hit a bump, they jump. So if you're expecting it to be a straight line and you can just, you know, put the bead on it and follow it and take a shot, you're going to miss. Because at some point, some of those clays are going to hit a bump and go flying in the air. And my absolute favorite stage did not contain a right, left, front, back, or rabbit. It contained two true pair straight-up clays. Boop. Straight up in the air. So what you had to do is they calibrated it so that one clay was black, one clay was uh, orange, and one was going to go higher than the other. So you had, you had to kill the lower clay first because if you kill the top one, the first one was already coming down and was way down. So you would have to drag your shotgun way down way quick to try and catch it. So you had to catch the short one on the way up and then follow through and catch the second one before it started falling. Because if you're trying to follow that and your barrel is obscuring where you're basically going to aim, it was a really tough shot once those sec- those clays coming down. Uh, this particular sport, sporting clays, is shot traditionally with an over-under or a semi. And I was shocked, and let me tell you, shocked to hear that my Remington 1100 with an improved cylinder was an ideal gun for sporting clays. They like open chokes. You don't need a full fixed choke. You don't need modified. You can do with an improved cylinder due to the fact of those close-up, quick-moving shots. And some of those clays do fly relatively quickly right up to you. I mean, nothing's going to hit you. You might get hit by a chunk of clay, maybe. But other than that, you're going to be taking shots that are out there. So you really got to know your shotgun's pattern, but also really up close. So you really have an advantage if you have an open choke. So, yeah, I was pretty stoked to have my 1100 actually be really good at it. And uh, uh, there were two shoots, um, 70 clays in the morning and 70 clays in the afternoon. So that was 140 shots that day. And let me tell you, whew, it was so good. So good. Um, the first in the morning, I got 43 out of 70. And in the afternoon, I got 49 out of 70. So I, I did see some improvement. And they cool. moved the, the stages around from the morning to the afternoon. So they changed things up. Awesome. Try your sporting place. Look it up. Your trap feels guaranteed to have that. If they set it up at the range, <laughs> I'm so lazy. It's like it's got to be at my home range, otherwise, ah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, the, the, the people there were like, "Oh, are you gonna go up to the Cowichan Valley one? Uh, I don't know. It's like an hour and a half drive." 
<laughs> so far, an hour and a half. It's like, ah, not gonna do it. <laughs> I thought about it, but just the gas alone. That's a long, long drive, you know. And I, it's 45 minutes for me to get to my range, and I drove there and back. Yeah. Six times? Six times. Yeah, but you get a cheap Alberta gas, or whatever. Yeah, that cheap Alberta gas. Should be cheaper now that our uh, government's in the oil uh, industry buying, buying up pipelines, right? Pipeline train! <laughs> yeah, all right, let's get on to uh, upcoming events here. Uh, so the first one, I'll just go through some of the three-gun ones here. Uh, PFI Canada is going to be running their Vancouver Island three-gun nation uh, uh, match on June 2nd. That'll be at the Campbell River Gun Club. Uh, Kremlin will be running their 2018 multi-gun match on June the 3rd. That'll be at the Kremlin Sportsman's Association. BTSA will be running their action shooting uh, league Monday nights. Uh, Mighty Peace 3-Gun has a match on June 9th. That'll be at the North Peace Rod and Gun Club. Lakeland 3-Gun will be having a match on June 9th. The Prince Albert Pistol and Rifle Club in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan will be running one on June the 9th. Northwest 3-Gun will be running a match on June 10th at the Smithers Rod and Gun Club. CDTSA will be running their 3-Gun match at the Milo Range June 10th. That's an excellent range, so if you get a chance, definitely head out there. Uh, BTSA will be running their action shooting uh, Monday night event on June 11th. And then the Chaz three gun battle of Alberta two day match will be on June 15th and sorry, 16th and 17th. Uh, that's our, uh, our bigger two day events that we're going to be having uh, for charity. And Chaz just actually just recently announced that they're going to be um, matching our, uh, so we're, we're charging uh, an $80 fee for that match, and we're trying to put as much of it as possible towards the stallery. And our club has announced they're going to match whatever we uh, donate to the stallery. So it'll be oh, nice. doubled up uh, from that. Yeah, it is nice. So we should be able to uh, to put together like a really like meaty uh, uh, donation to the stallery uh, Children's uh, Hospital Foundation. Nice. Uh, Mighty Peace will be running uh, a three-gun event on June 23rd at uh, the Wapiti Shooters Club in Grand Prairie. Rock Cut will be having their outlaw shoot at the Rock Cut on June 23rd. Lethbridge Three Gun will be running their Three Gun Nation event on June 24th. Lambden uh, Sportsman Three Gun will be uh, in uh, Wilkesport, Ontario at the Lambden uh, Sportsman's Club on June 24th. And Lakeland Three Gun will be having their Three Gun team match on June 30th. Oh, I got to get out to that one. Got to do that team match thing. I got to try that. And uh, that's all of the, the matches for June coming up here. Oh, that's a lot. And they're mostly in Western Canada, but yeah. there's a couple of, well, there's a couple in Ontario there. Yeah, so if you're in Ontario, there's a, there's a couple of different options. And I think um, I checked on practice score and it didn't even look like, like they weren't all totally booked up. So you could still uh, get registered to some yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, our two day match is booked and has been booked for weeks out now. So it's definitely, uh, definitely busy out here. Uh, Kelly, do you have anything on Maple Seed? Yeah, uh, so we do have a couple of events that are still that still have spots in it. Woodview, Ontario. Um, there's only a couple left in that. That one, um, I'm happy to report, it's almost sold out. But there is uh, still a couple of spots available. Brettlebane PEI, uh, get in there as well. Again, um, it's only about halfway sold out, so we'd like to see more people uh, attend that. 
uh, Woodstock, New Brunswick in July, uh, also on, sorry, July 13th. Uh, we have two spots left on the line. So if you're interested, uh, go online and register in Mission, BC and Courtney, BC. We have some Alberta um, and Saskatchewan and Manitoba events that are going to be posted soon. So keep an eye out for those as well. You can go to um, Maple Seed Rifleman to check out the events, but also sign up for uh, notifications as well. So when new events are posted, you'll get notification too. So just go there have a look i assume you'll just like text me or something like that when the when some ones around me open up you mean like Chaz? yeah 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 mm-hmm. like those yeah. yeah that one that one we'll talk later that one's that one, booked that one's so, booked no yeah. that one is booked so yeah i want to be on that one yeah how many you had a 22 i don't have a, a an appropriate 22 unless i use my bolt action how many people are getting their badge with a bolt action mm. The weird thing is more and more people like, I don't know, Canadians are using bolt actions. They're using weird guns. Um, Mm. So we see about 50% of the people that attend shoots bring bolt actions of those people. Riflemen. um, Yeah. It's about, uh, I'd say about 30% that are getting it with the bolt action. Mm. I really want my package to show up. Dang. (laughs) So you can show what what you're going to shoot your the your your maple seed with. (laughs) I wish. I think uh, the the did you say that the one in Vancouver Island is up in Mission? Yeah, there's uh yeah, so there's a couple that are around you. So yeah, it's it's a little far from me. Yeah, there's Mission Courtney. Um, where else? We're about four places in BC. Uh, two on the island. So. Mm-hmm. Up the island, not low yeah. island. No, <laughs> upper. Yeah. Again, it's an island. Come on, how big yeah, can it be? It's an island. Come you know on. what? I had that exact same thought when I moved here. Then I rented a car with a wife, then girlfriend, and we drove around, and we got like our fifth of the way up, and we're like, we're yeah, not so gonna make it, man. We gotta turn around. <laughs> <laughs> hey. We're coming all the way from freaking Ontario. Yeah, you flew in. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, Rick's they, gonna fly. They drove last we're, year. They we're drove driving. Across the country yeah, last I'm. Year. Uh, yeah, the Ontario. Sorry, the Alberta and Saskatchewan, Manitoba. We're we're driving out for it. Well, you just put the cruise control and you know, you know, <laughs> stick stick something in in the in the wheels so nothing move, and you know, you just drive straight through Saskatchewan. And there's nothing to see, anyways. That's that's true. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. But anyways, so I'm all curious now about what's coming in the mail. (laughs) I really want to show up. Like the mailman usually shows up before four and it's going to be four soon here. Hmm. I might just go down and knock on this on this car because I saw I saw the van parked out front. So I don't know what he's doing messing around. So, hey, give me my gun. (laughs) Do it. He's delivered like he delivered the Glock yesterday and he delivered the rest of the SLR on Tuesday. So. He's going, this guy, you're paying for his vacation, right? Because he's all the work that he's putting in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, let's keep all going right. here. At least uh, the I haven't one... ordered any uh, projectiles lately because I remember I, I made a couple of orders uh, for Campro and it was like a thousand. Uh, would hate you. A thousand. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a 50 pound box that's about the size of a football just yeah. dense dense yeah. lead <laughs> what is this fishing weights <laughs> oh i can't even hide it so i, I i've gotten some uh, some ammo sent to work and like adriel your ammo's here <laughs> it's like yeah it's 100 pounds it's, it's, <laughs> it's a bunch of ammo 
There's no excuses. No one buys a hundred pounds of fishing weights. <laughs> At least, well, unless I was like a super avid fisherman, right? You know what you need to do? You need to say that you're a scuba diver. I'm a scuba diver. Just always ordering scuba and, stuff. And you put on weight and so you're floatier. <laughs> yes. There we go. You know. All right, next event here. The 2018 Meaford Long Range Steel Challenge sponsored by Kadex Defense is taking place on September 7th to 9th. Spots are filling fast. For more information and to register, Google it or go on yep. Facebook and look for yeah. it because it's easy enough to find. Yep. And he's looking for RSOs still, so go and do that. Mm. And you get cool prizes too if you become an RSO. So. Sweet. Just saying. Yeah, we're actually getting some prizes for our two-day match as well. We didn't think we were going to like do a prize table. We thought we're just, ah, just do a big two-day match kind of a thing. But we're we're putting together a prize table for that as well. It's uh, going cool. pretty well. Uh, right. Why don't we head on to the news here? Uh, so the first one is uh, Wolverine is testifying on C-71 today. And actually, um, I don't know if you, did you guys talk last week about the CCFR testifying on it? Yeah, we did a little bit. Yep. Yeah, so they got up there and talked about it, and now uh, Wolverine's one of the retailers that was asked to uh, to get up there and testify on yep. uh, on the impact of C seventy one. So they're actually like pretty impacted by it because they'll have to put in whatever Hokumami tracking system we got to put in place for this, right? So ten years is it ten? Yeah, ten years. <clears throat> they'll have to track it for. It. I mean, it doesn't have to be fan- like you can just like jam it in like wherever, but it's still you know that's that's still going to take some time. I mean, like the the records, you could just put them in a binder and just like yeah, store. Yeah, who's got to pay for the binder and the paper yeah. and the ink? Yeah, no, we you will all pay for it because you know yeah. they have to exactly make it we up somewhere for what? Literally, why? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was uh, that was that happened this morning. So uh, so that went up. Uh, let's see here. On the Hill speaking on behalf of Canadian gun owners regarding meeting number 117 SECU Standing Committee on Public Safety and National Security. So they got up and testified about that. Yeah. Uh, the the SLR, uh, I think I, I saw a, a post on Facebook that it would be delayed until the end of June-ish. There was uh, an issue with the finish on the lowers. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you I saw that or not it. yet, Dave. But uh, yeah, uh, not serious. link that, link that. Throw it on the, throw it on the YouTube chat. <laughs> you know, there's like four other people that just started screaming at their computers. Oh uh, well, I, like fair enough. It's you know, uh, let's see. Are you a member of the Maccabee Builders Group? No. <laughs> okay, well that's where you got to go. That's where it's, someone had had actually called in and got like the straight goods from uh, uh, from the company. And uh, I'll check the that on through uh, uh, True North Arms, which is the pre-order site that I got. Yeah, that I got the horse from. They should yeah. be posting something soon because it is the beginning of March. Or sorry, May. March. May. It's yeah, not- go down and look at the video update from Stephen Boisson. Boisson. Oh my God, I'm the worst French person okay. in the history of Canada. Show Adriel Michaud. Uh huh. Yeah. Stephen. Yeah, it's possible. I can't see anything unless I join the group and I don't do Facebook. I literally, the, the, the only time that I it did something on Facebook in the last five months is when I changed my relationship status from single to married in December. Okay. Well, um, your SLR is going to be late. So there, I'll just say. Uh, this, this stuff happens when you're, de- when you're developing a product, right? Like you, you run it, into. It does, to... except I said that the thing was going to be delivered in freaking March. 
So, you know, bought it in November. De- gonna deliver it on March. Oh wait, it's June. Oh wait, it's July. <laughs> well, I mean, like I, I expect something of the same with the WK one eighty. I mean, it's like new product getting designed and getting, uh, you know, some of the stuff uh, straightened out. It's just a question of like how many delays there are and if they're excessive well, the or not. The delay that I've had, the that I've seen from uh, WK. Wait. Okay. Never mind. Okay. I thought it was the door knock. Um, was that their barrels? Uh, they bought their barrels from a re- uh, producer manufacturer, and then the manufacturer actually outsourced the barrel, prof- the barrel making for- to somebody else. Yeah. yeah. And when Wolverine went to check it out, they realized that the job was crap and that. They weren't going to stand for that, so yeah. they went yeah. and they got somebody else entirely to make the barrels for them. Yeah, I don't know if that was Wolverine or Kodiak that would have uh, that would have done that done that part, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this stuff happens, right? Yeah. All Did part you pull of the back far enough. Does yeah, I pulled it back far enough. I just I'm pushing it in with a pair of scissors you here. Know what works really well? A magazine. I don't have a magazine here. I know. There, see. There you go. Yeah. For you listeners out there, I'm just uh, disassembling my uh, Shadow 2 because I didn't since the weekend and I fired a whole ton of ammo through it. I found out this barrel does not like uh, the reloads that I've done because my bullets are too far out and they're already engaging with the rifling that's in this barrel. So this barrel has the rifling is quite a bit further back than than it is on the Glock match barrel. Well, I'm pretty sure the Glock is, you know, built to take anything. Yeah, yeah. Where is this? Nice, nice and slo- nice and sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way I like it. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Who wants to take the next piece? Who wants to talk about the NDP uh, um, drone, drone really striking wants, us? Yeah, nobody really wants to talk about the NDP and the drone strikes. <laughs> Can we like kill gun owners with drones? Oh my god! Yeah, welcome to Ontario. Thank you. I, when I saw that, I, I legitimately thought that was a really bad sh- Photoshop job. Nobody nobody says that. And then I remember, oh, wait. The liberals exist. Yeah, they do. <laughs> liberals? That was NDP, man. <laughs> well, is that... I, can't, like, I she, can never keep it straight. Are they it was more a can- or less? Or? Candidate. candidate. It, was, it was a candidate for, I think it's Etobicoke. She, yeah. uh, she apologized for saying it, kind of. Uh, it was after one of the last shootings in down in the U.S., and she was re- referencing radical um, gun owners um, and said basically that uh, she'd be okay if a drunk uh, came and, you know, basically murdered all of the radical gun owners. So... Um, I didn't mean it, guys, okay? It's so, so it's, emotional. Okay. Yeah. So she's con- she doesn't condone killing anybody, but she is okay with drone strikes and killing people who anyways whatever whatever garbage whatever piles of garbage yeah i don't i don't know how like what kind of vetting they put behind like a candidate like can you just like it it might be the case that you can just become a candidate and and not be vetted and and be like i'm going in for the ndp and they don't like check you out to make sure that you're sane or anything like that i think that's what's likely because um have you seen some of the stuff that they've said uh they don't really vet yeah yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I mean, they're they, they've put in some uh, like NDP's grown really a, a lot, and so, like Alberta, yeah. uh, we we had a lot of the people here who won, uh, who weren't expected to win, and it's like these people are not ready to be politicians. <laughs> Uh, but you know they just like they got more success than they knew what to do with. So yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna happen. So I I, I, I don't know if this is uh, man. I, I'm defending the NDP. Um, I don't think that's a reflection of the NDP. I think this is a reflection of the people who want to run and be a candidate for the NDP. I really don't want to defend the NDP, but uh, I'm like traditionally not a conservative, and I think like. This is this is one of those things where they've just got like some weirdos there, some extremists, and yeah, all the all the parties have. Let's take a moment. Let's take a moment. Let's rinse our palettes. Let's just appreciate how pretty these grips are. <laughs> and they are pretty. <laughs> oh, that's much better. Mm-hmm. You couldn't for, get for those of you, one, though, uh, okay? you couldn't get uh, an NDP orange. Uh, visually limited. I'm holding out some uh, nice thin aluminum grips on my nice little heavy CZ Shadow One. And they're the white grips uh, for those of you that want to build a truly delectable mental image. I feel like I need to go get my shadow. Do it. Do it. What about about blue? What about blue? Yeah, I like the blue. If they had green ones, I would buy them. Green's my favorite color. Yeah. All right. uh, Let's see here. Shooter's Choice is going to have an open house June 16th. They're actually going to try to get some uh, some different politicians out to this one, uh, which would be really interesting. Uh, so if you want to head over to that, sorry, I should have put this in the events area, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I put it in news, uh, June 16th, 2018, uh, 11am to 4pm. Uh, let's see here. Who wants to talk about this first, uh, gun one. Ruger American that uses AR mags. Hmm. I've- yeah. How did I miss this? So I didn't know that. Uh, so they have a Ruger predator. And it takes AR mags, so you can run these the like our ten round LAR mags in a yeah. in a Ruger American Predator. Did did you guys know about this? No, I didn't know about this. So you can get they're selling kind of a package. This is from Joe Brook Firearms. They're yep. selling a Ruger American Predator uh, with uh, a Nikon P series three to nine by forty, which is kind of like a bargain scope. Yeah, and so uh, all the packaged rifle scopes. Yeah, it's like it's it's not. No, so it works. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it fine. And a uh, thousand bucks, thousand bucks with free shipping, and it takes AR mags. This has got kind of a cool little gun. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, thread it. You can put a big, big can on it. <laughs> well, in Canada, uh, no. Put a brake on it or a flash hider. That's what yeah. I meant. That's totally what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those cans for us. That would be too much fun. Too much oh, fun. oh, what a can on that! Yeah, you could like take it out to the to a rock pit and shoot rocks and just Ima- imagine making some really dumb ninety grain two two three loads that are traveling at I don't know eleven hundred feet per second, just planking loads. It's basically a very very large twenty two long rifle. I actually, uh, one of the things that I like to joke about is I call 223 Remington, I call it uh, 22 Super Duper Magnum. Super Duper? Super Duper. Okay. Is that the Super technical Duper. term? Super no, Duper? it's the Grover term. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, anyways, uh, and I'm seeing on the uh, side chat here that the Rimfire podcast is mentioning uh, that the 6.5 Grendel Ruger American uses AR mags as well. So, mm-hmm. very I interesting. Can. Yes, that's Ken. Yeah. <laughs> and Kowalski. 
Yeah. Uh, now, six five Grendel, I would use if it was an AR in an AR. I'm not sure I would use it if it was in a bolt gun because uh, I feel like in a bolt gun there's just like more options. But uh, well, well, if if we're to go by the time honor tradition of what else do you need other than a thirty thirty or a three oh eight? Thirty thirty. Thirty thirty. Or a thirty or, or or a sported ice tree or tree. <laughs> tree or tree. Tree or tree. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's uh that's out there. Uh True North Arms is bringing in some Nork ARs for pretty cheap. They've uh they're bringing in the ten and a halfs and the fourteen and a halfs. And uh I think this is easily the cheapest ten inch rifle you can get. So you can get one for six fifty seven for Norinko M4. Iron guns had a Smith & Wesson with the either a 10 or a 12-inch barrel. They had it for $6.99, and that was about two months ago because I know my buddy picked up one. Oh, that's a better deal. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was an, I think it was an M&P Sport with the short little barrel and the uh, Macpool furniture and a compensator. Yeah. Or, no, it was go. a linear, linear comp, not a compensator, a linear comp. Ah, those linear compensators aren't worth too much. Uh, yeah, they have the uh, they have the ten inch, and they also have a fourteen and a half inch. So if you wanted to get like an M4 or something like that, uh, for the listeners' information, those ones are mostly to spec. I have heard that you can swap out a bunch of stuff, but their handguards, uh, the delta ring around the uh, barrel is kind of messed up, and they don't like to take uh, mil spec. They have their own little thing. Eh, it's a little bit like it's a little bit tight. You can just dremel them and dremel them in, and it'll work. Yeah. Yep. Or, or you know, just, you know, replace the barrel that's made out of Chinesium. Or just buy an American AR. Like or just buy an American. <laughs> when, the, when, the, when the American ARs were like a lot more expensive, or uh, we couldn't get them here because there was such a shortage on ARs and AR parts. Like the 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 Norinco, um rifles were were really good, but. Uh, it, it it really depends here. Now, uh, it, it depends if you get them on sale or not, because I think right now I run guns, like most of their rifles are a little bit more expensive and they're in US dollars, so you got to take yeah. that into account. But uh, they, they do have some really good sales sometimes. Oh, but think about this. Think about this. Brownies is now making those retro ARs. So even those people that were like, oh, you can't buy an you know, A2, A2 stocked looking carry handle AR for less than... Twelve hundred dollars for a retro for an old school one. It's like, well, you could buy a Norinco. Not anymore. Now you can just get one of those brownies ones. Yeah, yeah, and I'd like, yeah, brownies would be nice. Cool. Um, this next one was was weird for me. Okay, so I've uh, there's a there's a company here in Canada that's making uh, uh, targets out of titanium carbide. Did you guys take a look at this one? Yeah. Link. I had to look around and I found that titanium carbide is used in wear plates, which if you're in like heavy, heavy uh, automotive or something like that, uh, that'll be, be what you put on like a greater blade or something like that. Is that cheaper so, or more expensive than the AR-500? I don't know. And I don't know like how many times you can shoot it or anything, anything any of that other kind of stuff. I have a, a plate of uh, Trime, which is like a very... Uh, very, very hard wear surface on the front that's from a greater blade that I've shot and uh, can confirm it's it's practically bulletproof. Uh, but the back of it is not. I am not sure about the titanium carbide. 
the uh, maker here is saying that this is like loud and reactive. Yeah. I guess because it's lightweight or something like that. The hanger system that they're using is quite interesting as well. It's uh, it's a little bit more free floating, so it might uh, it might ring a little bit more just because there's uh, it's it's not hanging by yeah. a chain or anything like that. It's just kind of sitting on a hook. So uh, that's weird. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, Why, I'm not... Why is it in the middle of the chest? Oh, must be balanced. Never mind. Yeah, but that's that. Inside Arms is uh, is making those, and uh, the prices and it aren't too bad. I just I want to see what they hold up like because uh, huh. maybe that's it's... not worse than AR five hundred. <laughs> no, the price is about the same as what you'd pay for AR five hundred. So good AR five hundred, not your. Uh... Buddy's backyard operation 500. Yeah. 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 Oh, very interesting. So, so I'm curious. Prices are like Canadian round is uh, 59 Right? Quarter inch. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems about right. I wouldn't get the quarter inch stuff because that'll well, likely start bending pretty quick. Hey, I found something out. Uh, you guys run air 500 targets, right? You know how they start to, uh, they cup. They like, as, as you start hitting them, they'll start like bending and, and cupping over. Uh, I found out. Uh, yeah. This, so that's what air 500 will do. You, you won't, it, it won't like, uh, uh, take much damage to the steel itself, but it'll start slowly bending after like thousands of rounds. I found, I was reading on MGN targets. You're actually supposed to turn those around and, uh, use the other side and then, uh, get it flat again. So, uh, that's actually something you're supposed to do. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that out. I guess I've been inadvertently doing that since I usually paint both sides of my target with the you know orange flasher uh, uh, flagging uh, paint. You know your bargain bin Walmart special uh, rattle can job, and then I just shoot the one side, and then once all the paint's worn off, I shoot the other side because I also covered it in paint. And that other side might be a lot nicer. I was actually uh, asking one of the guys at the at the range because uh, our our targets are starting to to really bend the uh, the club steel. So uh, uh, you're mentioning that you had like some mild steel that someone had left out at your club. Our club uh, provides uh, some some pretty decent uh, AR500 targets uh, for for just general uh, general members to use, and. Uh, uh, they're they're starting to bend over. And I was looking. I was like, ah, I wonder. Should we bet? Like, should we flip them to the other side? And uh, I got my answer. Yes, yes. You're supposed to flip them to the other side. That'll give you some more life out of the targets. So, uh, just something I I, I learned uh, just recently here. Uh, who wants to take the next one here? Uh, the next one is on the uh, how do you say it? Matiba, Matiba, Unica Six. I say yeah, Matiba. I, Matiba. Yeah. Well, do you want me, to uh, talk about those? Italian. Mateba. Mateba. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, is it... Who is bringing them in? Yeah, put the article up. Yeah, is, uh, is bringing those in. And uh, yeah, they're uh, a little bit pricey. Uh, but they are... Like, Kiappa is making them now. Kiappa is making a, a version of this. But it's... Uh, th those are quite a bit uh, more inexpensive. These are oh, the... the Yes, the Rhino is uh, is a Unica six. No, uh, no, 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 no. You don't think not. it's the same design? Uh, well, let me let me let me break down why not the Matiba uh, the Matiba the fancy 
the truly fancy part about them is that it's a semi-automatic revolver. Yeah, the the so doesn't. Th- there is a there is a there is a slide upper situation with a lower, and when you shoot it, the entire upper assembly recoils and turns the cylinder for you, giving you a crisp single action trigger every single time without actually having to actuate the, the hammer and without a double action pull, even though it's capable of double action and single action. The claim of fame of the Rhino is simply having that low bore axis because the barrel is on the 6 o'clock cylinder, not the 12 o'clock cylinder. Correct. That is shared by the Mativa, but the Mativa is... I don't know. That and so much more. Some, some, is it, what's the expression? Crack pipe dream? Pipe dream. <laughs> pipe dream. Pipe dream. Sorry, yeah. we were talking about Doc 4 earlier. Yeah. Anyways, uh... Tactical Imports is bringing some of those in. Tweet. You guys, you guys going to buy one? No. Not going to lie. I thought about it, then I realized, oh, no. <laughs> what am I thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, why wouldn't you buy one? I'm I already really... got my enormous revolver fill. <laughs> but this is both. This is both semi-automatic and a revolver. This is kind of like a semi-automatic and... I already have the revolver part built, so I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's three thousand dollars, but they are pretty neat and uh, very, like super, super unique uh, uh, design to them. So if you want to buy a, a super weird revolver, go check out Tactical Imports. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, for those of you considering a Kiapa Rhino, keep in mind that revolvers have been designed that way for a very long time, so they've worked out a lot of the kings. To then flip it around and try to figure out how you're going to make the workings work upside down leads to a lot of complexity in the mechanism, which leads to what I have heard. And again, this is just internet hearsay from a guy with a really, really, really funny collection of guns that they go out of timing really easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, yep. you don't want to be shearing lead with your fancy, fancy under barrel revolver, but you know, it might happen to you. Three thousand in. No, he's talking about the rhinos. Oh, rhino. Yeah. Yeah. I may imagine it's a risk with these ones too here, but uh, yeah. maybe less so because it's well for three thousand dollars. I certainly hope not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyways, uh, that's cool. I didn't even know that they were making those anymore, and I, I guess they had stopped for a long time. So it's kind of neat that uh, such a unique firearms uh, is coming back out. So. uh why don't we uh, actually, you know, the last one here, pre- uh, pre-ordered RDBs are starting to get into the hands of consumers. So um, those are starting to show up and we're starting to see those on uh, CGN. Different people are getting the, uh, and I saw someone was saying like, hey, there's a 20 inch barrel version. That's probably the version we're going to get. And some other people are saying, no, we're going to get a special Canadian version. That's going to be an 18.6. And it's, it's the 20. It's yeah. the 20 inch version. Yeah. So <laughs> Lol, Caltech. Ah, what's the difference? An inch and a half. Who cares? It's a bullpup. But uh, my bullet velocity. Ah, yeah. Just you know, now it's a DMR, right? That's what you want your bullpup to be. Is a DMR. Uh, why don't we get on to our main topic? Glocks. Um, Glocks. Glocks. Everyone got their Glock. My. <laughs> the finger guns is good. Okay, so uh, what I thought would be interesting. We've all got Glocks. Uh, Dave, you've got uh, you got the meme Glock there, so that's uh, that's definitely one that we got to talk about. But um, yeah, the break, we've yeah. talked 
briefly about some of the different Glocks out there. And I didn't even know myself, so I thought I'd do a little bit of research on uh, on some of the different Glocks that were out there, just the different model numbers. Okay, original one, Glock 17. Named Glock 17 because? It was the 17th design. Mm. I thought it was the number of rounds it would hold in the magazine. Nope. It was the 17th design, Gaston Glock. Made 17 designs and settled on the 17th design as the one that he would like to make into an actual production. So it's the it's the WD forty of uh, of design numbering then. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, if uh, uh, comparison. Yeah. If if uh, if that doesn't make any sense to you, none of the other model numbers will because uh, they don't. <laughs> they all kind of do the same thing. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip through the model numbers here just so we can talk a little bit about them. Uh, the Glock uh, 17, 17C for compensated, 17M. We'll talk about that in a little bit. 17L for long boy, and uh, <laughs> well, yeah, one of those guys there. Uh, the uh, I'll, I'll I'll talk about the nine millimeter Glocks first. Glock yep. 18 is select fire. Uh, you don't see a lot of those out there. Glock 19 compact. Glock 26 subcompact so the compact ones are, are, are quite a bit smaller and then the subcompact ones are, are real tiny well i wouldn't say quite a bit but they're they're smaller they're smaller yeah they're yeah. smaller uh the glock 34 i've got this glitter glock is a glock 34 was the uh competition model it's not as long as the 17l the 17l is actually longer than the 34 but the 34 is like the competition model that they're going to go out there with uh there's the glock 43 which is a slim single stack. So I believe that MMP came out with the Shield, which was a single stack uh, version of their uh, their MMP models that uh, uh, kind of precipitated some of these other ones. Uh, and then finally, the last nine millimeter Glock is their forty six compact with rotating barrel rather than uh, 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 traditional short recoil kind of a kind of a deal. So uh, that's their nine millimeter. As for their 40 Smith & Wesson, they have the Glock 22, which is... I'll, 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 I'll maybe lay out a couple of things here. They have full-size ones, which are the size of the Glock 17. They have compacts, they have longs, and they have subcompacts. So uh, for the 40 Smith & Wesson, the, the Model 22 is a full-size. The Model 23 is a compact, which is the same size as the Glock 19. They have the Glock uh, 24, which is their long boy. That's the same same length as the... Uh, the Glock 17L. They have a Glock 27 subcompact and a 35, which is their competition model, same size as the Glock 34. 10 meter, sorry, 10 millimeter. They have the Glock 20, which is same size as the Glock 17, 29 subcompact, and the 40 long slide, which is the same size as the Glock 17 uh, L. Right. 45 ACP. They have the 21, which is regular, 30, which is subcompact. 36, which is a slim subcompact, and a 41, which is a compact, uh, sorry, competition model. They also have 380. Within 380, they have a 25. That's a compact, but it, it's, a, it's a blowback operation, which is different than all their other stuff. They have the Glock 28, which is a subcompact, also blowback. And they have a 42, which is a locked breech, slim line, which means that it's single stack uh, mag. That's a smallest Glock you can buy. In 357, they have the Glock 31, which is full size, 32, which is compact, 33, which is subcompact. Hey, numbers that make sense, finally. <laughs> and in the in the Glock 45, Glock, uh, what's their gap? Glock automatic pistol. It's their ACP yeah. that they made small. Yeah, the gap. 45 gap, 
which uh, please don't buy one because what's the point? Uh, they have the 37 full size, 38 compact, and 39 subcompact. Whew. That's a yeah, lot of mom. tupperware. That's, That's a lot, lot of plastic. plastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, like they could have made things so much easier with these model numbers instead of doing the nonsense that they did. You cannot hope to comprehend perfection, Adriel. <laughs> There's car models that make more sense than than the Glock numbering scheme that they've got out there. Wait a second, sir. You forgot about one model. The Glock 7. You can't even buy oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they cost more than you make in a year. They're made out of ceramic and are undetectable by airport security scanners. <laughs> and featured in such uh, popular uh, movies as... <laughs> yeah, there's the Glock 7. Uh, so those are the models. Uh, in term- Now, the other thing to take into consideration with Glocks is that there's the generations as well. Uh, there's Gen 1, 2, 3, 4, M, and Gen 5. Uh, kind of, uh, uh, they, they had the, the Gen 2 and Gen 3s for the longest time. Uh, um, and then they went to Gen 4. Gen 4s had a, uh, uh, a different recoil spring setup as well as a couple of other things, uh, uh, back straps and that kind of thing. Um, Kelly, which, which version is your Gen, uh, sorry, is your Glock 17? Gen 4. Gen 4? Uh, have you got a stainless steel recoil spring for yours yet? Mm, no. Ah, Brownell sells uh, this uh, sweet little stainless steel recoil spring. So with the Gen 4s, the, they have this uh, spring and a spring kind of a setup. And uh, uh, Brownells and uh, Lone Wolf also sells a stainless steel one, which is just a little bit nicer than the, uh, than the polymer one, but... Uh, uh, a pretty cheap upgrade to them uh, if you if you want to get something like that. The other option is to go. Um, a lot of competition shooters get, end up using the Gen Three recoil spring because you can change the spring out. This this spring is uh, is, is somewhat difficult changing out weights, whereas the uh, the other style you can uh, change out. Actually, my uh, this Glock uses them. So this is a captured version, but this is like a single spring. If I wanted to, I could change this spring out very easily. The other option is to just not capture it, and uh, and then you can change out springs really easily, um, which is great for competition shooters. Um, Dave, what generation is your Glock? It is a Gen 2. No finger grooves. Yep. Ooh. So they went to finger groups for Gen 3 and Gen 4, and then by Gen 5, they're like, actually, that wasn't a good idea. Let's yeah. just do that. Those are dumb. I'm going to forget about How, it. What kind of, uh, what kind of uh, grip pattern is on yours? Does it use, like, tiny little pyramids with, like, a flat top? Nope. This just looks like reptile skin. Pebble. Pebble version. Hmm. Oh my God. Lizards. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you're great. Uh, lizards. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of different uh, uh, differences between the different generations. Yeah, the other thing that's uh, that's kind of interesting and has always been a problem with the, with the Glocks up until Gen Five was the magwell on them sucks. There's there isn't a magwell. It's it's very very flat and very very catchy. Yeah, you got the same thing on yours. Yeah. So yeah, you have one with the flared magwell though, right? 
Well, that's a Magwell I put on the Glock. Exactly. Yeah. And it is awesome. Look at that. You can't miss this thing. And there's no catchy straight edges on there anymore. So um, that's that's always going to be the ultimate like way to do this for a competition gun. Right. Because anytime you have like a carry gun or something that's like kind of got to be concealed, you can't you put like a huge flared Magwell on that thing. Um, whereas I don't care about concealability because we're in Canada, so we can run these like massive magwells on these things, and they're so much easier. I plan to get a shoulder holster for this bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) You'll need one because the barrel's so long, you you gotta gotta put put it somewhere where that length goes. It's basically a Thompson Center contender, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Kelly, why did you buy a Glock? Uh, because I didn't like the gun I had before that, and the Glock was a good price. What was the gun you had before that? <laughs> I had the uh, the uh, PX4. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a bit of an odder uh, pistol. So, well, originally I got it because I was thinking about uh, transferring over to the CBSA, but yeah, I'm sticking with what I'm doing and Glock. Glocks work, right? So you they bought work. it. You bought it because of the the reliability and the yeah. So reliability. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it, there's a story behind this. Uh, boyfriend discount. You know that whole thing. Um, he didn't like his Glock, and so I did. So I got the Glock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So I wish I had a boyfriend discount. <laughs> Yeah, so I really I liked it. He doesn't. Uh, so I got it. I I do like it, and but yeah. What don't you like well. about your Glock? Don't really like the trigger. I yeah, just, yeah. I mean, they're known for having an, uh, a pretty good striker fired trigger. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for, for a striker fired pistol, but uh, <laughs> not fantastic. Dave, why are you laughing? Uh, because I went through the same thought process, Kelly. I had a Sig P320, yes. the one that I kept dropping on the show. Yes. Um, that Fire one's supposed to have a great it. trigger, and yeah, it's all right, but it was way too flippy. And then I made the mistake of really thinking about things, about what I really liked about my revolvers, and that is the sweet, sweet Straight. single action. Oh, baby. Yeah. Oh. She that's, said. That's, that's it. And that's why you have your uh, your CZ. Yep, because it's Sad. ever so lovely and heavy. Doesn't yeah. move. It reminds me. Of, it reminds me of the big iron. Come on. Sweet. Uh, so, let's see here. Why did Andrew, I buy my Glocks? Yeah. Why did you buy it? What do you like about it? What don't you like about him? Uh, what do I like? Okay, so I had the FNS before, which was fine. Okay. Uh, didn't didn't mind that guy whatsoever. Um, but I could not uh, upgrade anything on it. <laughs> like how it came is like, hope you like that. And the one thing I didn't like about my uh, my FNS was the trigger. The trigger was heavy. Uh, long and there was just like no possibility of upgrading it and I couldn't upgrade the magwell even though the magwell is really nice and I could have upgraded the sites but that was basically it so like the aftermarket was not there um so I found a Glock 34 for a pretty good price 
and uh, it already had like upgraded sites on it. And I thought I'd upgrade more on it and see what kind of uh, what I could do with it. Um, for three gun, I like that there's no safety on it. So I can dump this thing hot into a proper grounding receptacle. Boom. And no safety on there. And I'm good to go. Uh, so that's, that's one thing I like about the Glock compared with the, uh, the shadow, for example, uh, it's consistent. Uh, it's very reliable and the trigger's the same every time you pull it. So, uh, unlike where with the shadow where in Ipsic, you gotta pull the hammer down and now your first pull is that really long double action, uh, in the Glock, you're doing double action as well, but it's always the same. Always the same trigger pull, no matter what. You just have to keep going on that kind of a thing. So um, there's some definite advantages to running a, a tricked-out Glock in 3-Gun rather than the competition-ready uh, Shadow 2. Uh, now, if I were to shoot Ipsic today, uh, and, and if my range uh, gets Ipsic, and they're, they're talking about something like that. So um, if they were to get Ipsic, would I run like a Glock 17 or would I run a Shadow 2? shadow two definitely yeah uh, it's a better gamer gun it's uh like the whole idea from with production in ipsic is that it's supposed to be like uh, a gun that a cop or, or someone in the army would carry no <laughs> one's carrying this but it qualifies for production because it's a dasa gun and uh therefore it's good to go in it so i would probably run this guy um you know, actually, one of the other things that uh, th one of the other reasons why I might still run the Glock 34 for three gun, this is a lighter, even with all the heavy stuff in it, it's still quite a bit lighter than the Shadow 2. And I've seen or uh, uh, at our club, we've had four Shadow 2s jump Fall out of their holster of the holsters. this, yeah. year, this yeah. year. And no one's had their Glock jump out of the holster this year because they're a lot lighter. So... I mean, keep in mind, you can fix this just by tightening down your holster. Yeah. Uh, but when you have three pounds of, of metal riding on your hip and you're running around, it's going to, you know, maybe pop out of pop out of your holster. So that is a risk in three gun uh, and it will disqualify you um, in Ipsic. It's not a risk because usually you have it in the holster and then on the buzzer, you're basically pulling it out and running around with it in your hands. So uh, not much of a risk there, but uh worth thinking about um so i guess for for three gun i wanted something that had a lot of aftermarket and uh was still simple there's still yeah. there's no safeties on this thing and uh, was reliable and the glocks have that um one thing that the glock has that's a, quite a bit better than the uh than the fns is the trigger pack is so, so much simpler oh. Yeah, taking apart the FNS, you take apart this this trigger pack in the back here, and it is so complicated and and a lot more so than the uh, the Glock. Whereas you push two pins out of this guy, pop it out, and uh, and you're you're in business, kind of a thing. The Shadow, uh, I <laughs> I don't really want to take apart this thing either because uh, it's pretty complicated uh, in there as well. Yeah, that's your check uh, space magic. Yeah, check space magic in there. And uh, yeah, whereas the Glock is is quite a bit simpler there. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's why I've got one. I ran an MMP before. I would consider the MMP very similar, but still not having the aftermarket support that the Glock has. Like trying to find a magwell for the MMP may be difficult. Trying to find one for a Glock, super easy. 
even with all the generations out there, there's just so many of them out there. Now, uh, up until recently, I would say the Glocks were overpriced here in Canada. Would you guys agree? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because they were they were running like what seven, eight, nine hundred bucks, kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, due to snowflakiness, this thing is eleven hundred in some stores. Cool. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But then again, as a segue, they only made these a little bit at a time. These were what you call a limited production. They ran them a couple of times a year, maybe a couple of times every couple of years. And you would only see them uh, whenever Glock felt like it. It seemed that there was no rhyme or reason to when they made them. It's just maybe they, the tooling was being used at for something else at that point, and then the tooling wasn't being used, so they might as well crank out a couple of these. And uh, the first year production for the 17Ls was 1988, I read in Wikipedia. Um, the Gen 2s don't have finger roofs, the Gen 3s do. And they used to be actually compensated. Uh, the very first generation of uh, 17Ls had uh, ported barrels. Uh, but the later generations uh, just have the big sli- uh, slide cut on them. Yeah. Well, the 34s have a slide cut too. It's just not as pronounced as the 17. They probably, they, they need like the same weight on the slide. So it reciprocates even with uh, like with nine mil uh, on, a, on a regular versus a 34 versus your 17 as well. Right. Yeah. So you got to keep the, the weight kind of similar. Yeah. You don't want a big chunk of metal like rotating on the top. Right. That's right. And uh, if you think about it, a slide that long, man, that's a lot of mass moving back and forth, regardless of whether or not the springs are there or the power charge in the case is enough to move it. If you do move it, that's a lot of metal moving back and forth, you know? And if it's not got a lot of weight on the underside, then you get a lot of flippiness, which was my main concern. No, 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 no. No, it's it's called flipperosity. Flipperosity. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, it's actually. Uh, I was listening to uh, a guy talking about the Shadow Two. That's also one of the reasons why they they made the changes with the two. Uh, the uh, the slide itself is uh, is very light, and the frame itself is very heavy. So they put a ton of weight into the uh, into the front of the slide here, or into the into the frame, and the uh, the slide itself is is just a tiny little reciprocating little guy here whereas the the frame is big and heavy and yeah you know i thought this slide on the shadow was already small but just by looking at yours i think it is smaller in the two uh like because well, they, they went they went with the uh, adriel i'm looking at the basically where the rail is to where the curvature starts and yours looks smaller than this it- one yeah, it's it, and less block- yeah, oh, it's less blocky. Yours has a curvature all the way around. Yeah, Mine yeah. follows the straight like contour of the frame up, then begins to curve. Yeah, these go with kind of like an angled, angled uh, to the top there, so that there is less weight on the uh, on the slide and more weight in the uh, uh, le- that's lower down in the gun. Because their their goal here, the other thing they did was that they pulled this uh, this grip in higher and they pulled the uh, trigger in higher so you can get a higher grip on it. The idea here is they want to move as much as possible. You want to be moving the barrel down into your hand so that it's basically recoiling straight into your uh, into your arm and not high up where it's going to be uh, hey. encountering that flipperosity. 
I've seen that grip on a couple of shows. I never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're looking for this one. Yeah. No, I was talking about. I love tactical teacupping. Every time I see it in a movie, I go, "Oh yeah, <laughs> teacup that, put yeah. that bad Quantico. boy on that little platter." <laughs> Quantico is really bad for it. If you ever watch that, just yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking about shadows. Uh, are we done with the Glocks? <laughs> we were talking about Glocks, but all of a sudden everybody gets their shadows out. Oh, so one of the other great okay. things about Glock is that uh, Magpul makes mags for them and they're super cheap. Yeah, Here in Canada, we get hosed on magazines. Our magazines are like 50 bucks to start FNS. How about $75, sir, for that magazine? And uh, H&K, uh, woo, woo. <laughs> well, that's high class. God, I got another package. I bought cheap CZ75 mags made in Europe for 25 bucks a pop from Corwin Arms. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like a, a lot of a lot of the magazines you, you get, though, the factory magazines are, are quite expensive. Uh, Glock P mags in the States are super cheap here. You're yeah. still paying around 25 bucks a pop, but, uh, that's still better. Like the, the factory Glock mags are right around 50. If you, if you can find them kind of a thing. So, mm-hmm. um, very inexpensive, very standard. The, the nice thing about the Glock is that if you get a pistol caliber carbine, it has a, a good chance that it'll run Glock mags. Glock mags. Yeah. So if you have a Glock yeah. pistol, and then you end up getting a Glock, right? Uh, a pistol caliber, car, a pistol caliber carbine. There's a good chance that it's going to be sharing mags with it. So uh, yep. uh, awesome from there. I wonder if Dave got a package. Huh, weird. Uh, let's see. Anything else we want to talk about Glocks? I mean, they're a plastic striker fired, super reliable pistol. You um, pretty much do anything to them. They'll still, still, still work. Yeah. Yeah. Very reliable. Very reliable. Very reliable. Bash them. You can bedazzle them if you want, Adriel. Uh, you should. Yeah. Uh, not if you want. You should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. That grip is so nice on there. It's uh, It does chew up your hands. I ran. What was I shooting the other day that, uh, that I chewed up my, my hands? It might have been the uh, uh, the the um, open house. So skills and drills. Yeah, I ran my glitter Glock. And then the open house, I ran my glitter Glock to like show people uh, like how to shoot and that kind of thing. And uh, it uh, it really wore like everywhere my, my hand touched. So like right here on my right hand, very worn away. Right here on my left hand where it kissed up against the uh, grip, also worn away. They all both turned white from uh, from shredding my hands. Love it. Love it so much. <laughs> You're going to have calluses there. Exposed uh, power. I, yeah. You know, if you get a callus, I think you have to like, it has to, you know, have a chance to grow back. Whereas this just like peels away the, you know, the skin, fresh skin. Yeah, peels it away very quickly. The nice thing is like, if your nails, like if you have like a hangnail or something like that, you just give you it a swipe actually... across there and oh, it'll, it'll, it's See? coming off. <laughs> this is not like a nice nail file. This is, this is like very coarse sandpaper. Like you can contact Glock and get them to include that grip. And then they can advertise that their pistol is also an excellent nail file. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If Do you're, different uh, colors other than the gray. Cause that's gray glitter, right? Yeah. This is, this is like the black and white, the black yeah. glitter. I've got some green. I got some green stuff. Pink, that I've tried. Mauve. Pink. Mm, yep. Yep. Oh, it's so grippy. Uh, anything else we want to talk about on Glocks? Mm. Nope. No. 
There's some history, but that's what yeah. Wikipedia is for. And yeah, I but... did look it up. It was because of the fact that it was the 17th design. It was the 17th, hey? Hmm. Yep. Cool. All right. All right. Uh, listener feedback. YouTube. I've been kind of going along here as we've been going. Uh, Greg was mentioning that his Chris runs Gen 2 Glock mags. So, uh, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of options on Glock mags out there. Richard Bone says, hello there. Hey. Uh, let's see here. And Ken Kowalski was mentioning that Glockzilla has a full slide that's 12 inches with the comp. He got one, I think. Uh, Ken, built. did you make yours out of Roland? Was it a Roland? 460 Roland? 460? Mm, I don't know. Hmm. Let us know. Yeah. It truly was a Glockzilla, though. Indeed, Glockzilla. Uh, let's see here. Sorry, Ke Kelly, did you have something to say there? Just wanted to actually mention as well, uh, Greg reminded us that uh, there's a whole bunch of people involved in the uh, CRPS, so not just Rick. So, although Rick's a huge part of it, so just wanted to say. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Let's add on to uh, listener feedback. Listener right. feedback is sponsored by Highland Tactical. Go to Highlander. Is it Highland Tactical or Highlander Tactical? It's Highlander Tactical, and so I don't know why somebody wrote it Highlander there. Tactical. It is Highlander. Uh, go to highlandertactical.com to check out their great supply of both outside and inside the waistband holsters today. Use the promo code SLAMFIRE at checkout to save 10% on your order. Yep. Uh, Kelly, did you want to take this first one from Justin? Okay, so it says, hello, SLAMFIRE. I keep uh, tuning in each week and stay up to stay up to date with everyone on the show. Uh, he says, I've finally chipped in on the Patreon uh, to help support the show. It's only a dollar right now, but it could increase in the future. I hope so because, well, anyways, uh, I've had a chance to watch Sheer Lipstick on a Pig, their Noranko NP29 uh, build Patreon uh, edition. Again, very informative for those wondering what to do with the Chinesium steel. Looking forward to more episodes and weekly shows. I do admit uh, to having I do admit to having Brian on. That doesn't make sense, but okay. I do admit to having Brian on the show in a pinch to pinch hit for Matt is very a welcome addition. Here is hoping uh, to have having him on permanently in the, the near future. Again, depending on Matt's return. Cheers, Justin. Hopefully, Brian's not listening. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you know he is. He listens. All right. <sighs> Fine. I guess he gets to hear the listener kudos. Yeah, he is a good addition. I like Brian on yeah. the show. And Ken was just confirming, yes, that that his uh, Glockzilla project was in 460 Roland. Spicy. Ken, send us a picture. I like spicy stuff. Yeah. All right. If you'd like to email the show, send your email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. We have an iTunes review. The author is Coronas. It's from Canada. It's five stars. Title, Amazing Podcast. Review, very helpful and entertaining podcast. This show helps new and experienced shooters alike. Oh, uh, he must have been listening to the wrong podcast. Hmm. I know. Weird. I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout outs. Do you guys have any shout outs? Why doesn't Dave go first? Dave, do you got one? Uh, I got two, actually. The okay. Fishing Day and Discovery Day are happening at the Victoria Fishing Game Protective Association range on June uh, 16 and 17. is the next next weekend. 
uh yeah june 16 and 17th on the 16th you can go and experience the joys and laughter that fishing brings and your dad swearing and you also get to experience uh on the 17th your uh any and all firearms that are available to be shot during the discovery day i think it's uh, ammo um Ammo cost only. You don't pay for rentals. You don't pay for entrance. Anybody's welcome. It's for Father's Day. It's hosted every year at, at the Victoria Fishing Game. Uh, go check it out. Uh, I would be volunteering there, but I got to work. Um, it's unfortunate. But I got to feed the gats somehow. And other than that, uh, check out kind of the guns over in Reddit. It's a subreddit full of people like-minded. Uh, and we have uh, an extremely low-quality... Uh, threshold for posts so if you think it's funny <laughs> somebody else is going to find it funny too uh or i'll just you know remove your content if it's truly and completely ludicrous ludicrous uh yes i'm a moderator there but you know i'm the newest moderator and people already hate me and so i think i'm doing a good enough job so that means you're <laughs> doing a great job yeah uh <laughs> yeah check out kind of the guns check out the victoria fishing game discovery day fishing day june 16 and 17 boom there you go. Yeah. Kelly? I do have a shout out. When it, okay, so Rick, Rick Kedebeck, I just wanted to say thank you. You're amazing, um, as everybody knows. But also, uh, Rick uh, gave me a couple of magazines for my shout out. So it was really nice of him. Oh, you yeah. got free mags? I get free mags. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Anyways. That's better than Subway Sub. It is, isn't it? Um, I also wanted to say thank you to all the sponsors who are stepping up to support the charity shoot as well this year. So thank you guys. That's awesome. What about you, Adriel? Oh, I should, but I've been like running ragged here, so I can't think of anything. (laughs) I'd like to thank everyone who's helping out with all the things. That's nice. (laughs) Very inclusive. Very nice. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, we have uh, 93 Patreon supporters. Our newest one is Justin W. Yep. Uh, Patreon supporters, make sure that you email us your address. And once a month, we'll uh, do a, a patron. And coming soon, T-shirts. Maybe Yay. next week. Maybe if they get through customs and get over to my place, which it looks like they're done customs. So they should be arriving. You know what I bet? I bet they show up and uh, there's like a huge duty on those things. You know I bet what? You that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred t-shirts coming through. They're probably like, ah, we're going to hit you up with all sorts of duties on there. T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Patreonies. There may be a t-shirt in the mail for you soon enough. I need to figure out how to mail those, but I'll figure it out. In the mail? Uh, yes. They'll be in the mail. <laughs> or in person. Some of our, like, the, actually a lot of our patrons are members of uh, my gun club. So uh, if you're a patron over there and I see that you're in Edmonton, I'll try to just like get it to you by hand because uh, that's cheaper and faster. Yep. Yep. Uh, if you want to become a patron of the show, uh, head over to patreon.com slash slamfire radio or go to slamfireradio.com and we got a button on there somewhere that says patreon so you can uh, sign up there uh finally please join one or more of our national firearms associations such as the ccfr or the cssa check us out on gun owners of canada like us on facebook there's a bunch of uh, crazy conversation that's happening over there 
we're at, I think there's an extra zero there. I think we're at 1,903 yeah. <laughs> likes. 19,000 would be awesome too, but yeah, uh, I don't think we're there just yet. No. And uh, I think I think that's about it. Uh, one last Dave. thing, though. Yeah, Dave. Dave's got oh. something to say. <laughs> yeah, Can't one last. Just one, one last thing. Everybody's got to know this experience. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> you Dave. monster, <laughs> Dave. Do you want to describe your monster for those that are listening? What we have here is you're gonna hate me for this. An 870 Wingmaster. What I did to it is appalling. I found <laughs> a true Remington 14-inch barrel, and I thought, hey, I should build something really dumb. <laughs> so I went out and I found the roughest condition 870 Wingmaster receiver I could find, and thankfully the bluing was gone, literally gone, bare metal on the side of the receiver. So I said, that's prime for a new paint job. And... I decided to get what is, in my opinion, the best stock for an 870 out there. This is a Mesa Tactical stock. Uh, it just works the best out of everything that I've tried. All that I've tried has been uh, Choate, their plastic ones, which are garbage. I've tried folding stocks. They're garbage. I've tried Magpul stocks. They're okay. I've tried the Hogue, length of pole, reduced yeah. stock. Uh, it's too short. Unless you're wearing a plate carrier, you're not going to be able to shoulder that properly. And then I tried this guy, and oh my god, this is so good. Uh, my only complaint is that for some stupid reason, the back of the grip is flat. There is no curvature to it. So when you shoot anything with a half a decent recoil, which is, you know, half of the things you shoot out of a shotgun, uh, it beats the heck out of your hand. Um, but I I still like it. The The... It's perfect. It literally brings your head in line with whatever it is happening above and past the slide. It shoulders beautifully. It has a nice super squishy recoil pad to soak up all that recoil. And another thing that I did is since I shoot this lefty due to some really, really stupid things with my eyes, I found a lefty conversion safety. So this is not a lefty 870. This is still a right-handed 870, but the safety is reversed. I didn't know they made it. I saw it on CGN and I bought it and it works. And the other two things that are on this are a Hogue foregrip, yep. which is the best foregrip in my opinion because it's super grippy and it's nice and big. And it's got a uh, plus one magazine extension for that flush uh, look. And then I decided to give it up Duracoat paint job. And uh, in my uh, experience, the louder, the better. So what we went with with my buddy is a giraffe stripe fluorescent pink to fire engine red fade, which it's I call La Girafa Marica, which means the gay giraffe in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my shotgun. It's the shotgun that I will never part with because it's still at the core a wingmaster. And boy, if it is slick. Oh, baby. This is way and, better quality than anything Remington has been making since 2007, and I will argue vehemently against anybody saying otherwise. And uh, if you put it on the rack at the uh, at the range, uh, there's no question that it's yours. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's ever going to be something as appalling as this ever made again. <laughs> but you love it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> this is my gun. This is going to get passed down to my children, and there will be questions. 
many questions. Yeah, yeah. questions about grandpa's uh, sanity. Yeah, let's go with that. Sanity. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, you want to send hate mail my way because I messed up a wingmaster. It was already messed up. So whatever. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Awesome. Well, if uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks everyone for watching and uh, enduring with the uh, the pink purple giraffe shotguns and nonsense that we usually the gay giraffe all right thanks everyone so if you have any comments or questions for the show please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com now go grab a gun and shoot something when the talking is over it's time to get a gun